Welcome to Beyond the Pink Cloud, the podcast where we talk about moving forward in our lives through recovery and navigating the world with grace, ease, and humor. We've got tools and strategies from the experts to help you live with less stress and increased ease. Let's get into today's episode. Hey there. Thanks so much for tuning back in for another episode. And you guys are going to love this one. Or I should say you ladies, because I think most of my listening audience is women. But hey, if you're a gentleman and you're here, I'm so happy to have you. And this is definitely a show for everyone. The episode you're about to listen to has a fabulous guest, Ginger Burr. And I'm so happy I found her. I'm her biggest fan. And it was so great to talk to her. And she works with style and helping women, and particularly women over 40, to really understand what it is to have style and not in a way that feels like cheap or fashion industry, but really in in this internal sense of like who are we on the inside and how can we easily and with fun like represent that through how we dress, which for me, that's speaking my language so much because I, I this is an area where I struggle and I really do have a great love for clothes and I always have. And again, not in a sense of, you know, I need to look like so-and-so or, or dress this way to be accepted, but really as this external representation, I think that's part of why I love costumes so much and, and getting dressed up because it really is this extension of personality. So Ginger is just a treasure and she's a lovely woman. She's full of great insight and a super genuine person who's really doing amazing work in the world. And I know when we talk about clothes and fashion, it can be really easy to put that over in a box and label it maybe superficial or, you know, it's not really what we're doing. But I think when we're able to clothe and robe ourselves in ways that feel like a representation of who we are inside, I think it's just, it makes life easier, you know? As much as there are some days I would love to be a nomad running around naked in a loincloth in the woods, that simply is not how we live. So Ginger's doing wonderful work in the world. She's a delight. And I think you're going to enjoy this this episode a lot. So yeah, tune on in. And if you'd like to join the community and hear what's going on with upcoming programs and freebies, I tend to offer something at least every month, whether it's a free program or a paid program or um, something that's like a a very small, (laughs) a small paid program. Uh, But I have a lot of offerings, especially now as we've been going through COVID, we did the ease experiment and I've done sober and calm the five day and now the 30 day program. We're in the middle of that. And that's a program I will probably relaunch in about a month because it's going extremely well. It's at a great price point and I'm seeing the value that people are getting. So it's for me, it kind of lets me know like, okay, this is valuable information that people need. So I'll be relaunching that in probably about another month or so. So if you're interested, you can get on the wait list for that. Best way is really come in and join the Facebook group, but I'll post all those links. And enough of me blabbing. I hope that you are all doing really well and taking beautiful care of yourselves. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please, uh, please like, and subscribe and tell your friends. And, uh, it really helps to, to just make the show more accessible to more people, which I think a lot of the things we talk about are, are things that are helpful for people. So I'd love to continue to spread the word and all right, here we go. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of beyond the pink cloud. This is your host, Dr. Alice Kirby. And I have a very exciting guest today. With me today is Miss Ginger Burr. She is the owner of Total Image Consultants. And I know she works with fashion and style. Hi, Ginger. Thanks for being here. Hi, Alice. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. And I will uh, let you do an introduction and tell us a little bit about yourself and about your work and uh, take it away. 
Sure, absolutely. Well, I have been an image consultant for over 30 years, uh, more than half of my life. And I got into this because I had no idea how to dress myself and how to feel really good about how I looked. I had a lot of hit or miss things going on and I would look at other people and wonder, why do they look so good and how come that's not working on me? And I just got so frustrated. And finally, when I met someone who was able to introduce me to the different strategies and concepts around creating a wardrobe, it just was like this light bulb that went off. And I thought, first of all, I picked it up very quickly. I loved doing it. And secondly, I realized, you know, I can't be the only woman who's struggling with this. So I decided that this was my way of empowering women to feel good about who they are and make, just make their day easier and, and walking out the door, having them feel more self-confident. And so I've been lucky enough to do something that I love to do. The majority of my clients are over 40 because that's a, a population that is ignored by the fashion industry, basically. And so, you know, I help women every day. This is what I do every single day, is work with women to help them feel great about how they look. I'm just blessed to be able to do that and um, look forward to doing it for a long time to come, so. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's, it's really fun when you find yourself so passionate about something and realizing, oh, wow, I can do this and I'm making a difference for other people and I love doing it. It's, it's great. Yes, absolutely. It's nothing better. Yeah. it's And so I was wondering, and I definitely want to get to this part of you working with the over 40 population. Um, and I have a lot of questions for you, as you know, so we'll see what all we get to. <laughs> but I'm curious if you could just speak a little bit to the difference between style and fashion. Sure. Fashion is about the trends, the clothes that are out there in the market on sale for you to buy now. Style is about taking that fashion, taking those clothes, taking those accessories and making them your own, bringing them into your wardrobe in a way that reflects who you are and feels like you. So you put your own spin on fashion. So style is personalizing fashion, basically. So when you first started um, developing your own style and, and knowing and then starting started being able to actually create wardrobes and create outfits that, that represented your own style. What are some, some ways, like even back then that you were able to determine like, Oh, this is my style. This suits me when you would go shopping or look for pieces of clothing or things like that. Something that I've been doing for a very, very, very long time. And this was part of what kept me stuck for a long time and I find is one of the barriers for a lot of women around creating a wardrobe is that I was trying to imitate what other people were doing who weren't that weren't me basically mm -hmm. for instance when I was in my 20s I spent a lot of time doing a lot of folk dancing and square dancing and contra dancing I was into this whole folksy crowd and I'm not really a super folksy person, but <laughs> I, I enjoyed the people and I loved square dancing and contra dancing and the energy around that. It was very fun. It's a lot of fun. It is. It's, it was amazing. I haven't done it in years, but it was amazing. What would happen is I would look at these women who came to the dances in these sort of fabulous, you know, free-spirited, bohemian, Lucy, 
casual, earthy, crunchy outfits. And I would just admire them so much. They looked perfectly at home in what they were wearing. I thought, okay, that's it. I'll go and I'll get what they're wearing and it'll work. <laughs> I put it on myself and I felt ridiculous. Now, I don't know what other people thought looking at me. All I know is I would look at the mirror and think, Ginger, who is that? It's not you. I felt frumpy. I, felt, I just felt out of sorts. And so what I realized in all of this is that it's absolutely critical that you know who you are at a deep level. Nothing to do with your clothes, but who are you? What makes you, you? Because we're each unique, we're each special. And it, when you know that, when you really dig deeply and can express that, you can use that information to create a wardrobe that reflects who you are, that expresses who you are, rather than trying to imitate what somebody else is wearing. and. When you do that, even if it looks good on you, if you don't feel at home in those clothes, you will still feel out of sorts. You still won't feel happy when you get dressed. So the really the most important thing that I've learned pretty much from the very beginning is you have to dress to reflect who you are on the inside. It's really the only way you'll truly be satisfied with your wardrobe. Hmm. Do you, do you feel like there's a little bit of a learning curve with that, with, with wearing things that maybe you don't typically wear, um, but that do in some sense express who you are? So maybe you feel kind of good in them, but you're not quite sure. Have you found this with your clients or with yourself when you were first beginning this process? And, and how to distinguish or determine when it's that kind of like a new stepping into an expression of yourself uh, versus like, no, this just isn't me. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, there is an exploration time. It, and what I tell people all the time when I work with them is creating a wardrobe, a personal style, it's an ongoing journey. It's not a one and done thing ever. It's kind of like, I, although I don't know if I like comparing it to, it's kind of like doing the laundry. You don't do laundry once in your life and then you're done. You have to continually do the laundry. Well, creating a wardrobe is the same thing. And for many different reasons that we don't necessarily need to get into right now. But um, it's really important to pay attention to how things feel. And it, there is a learning curve. So for instance, I have learned that I have to pay attention this, to this myself, that everything that I teach my clients, if I do not practice them, I make mistakes. So when I'm out in the stores, I have learned the hard way that if I pull something off the rack and I look at it and I go, oh, this is so fun. Now that's a trigger for me. I know fun, Ginger, you're not fun. <laughs> I'm not, and I can do fun things, but in my heart and soul, I am not a fun person, I'm much more serious. I have plenty of clients who are fun and I admire them and it's really wonderful to dress them or help them dress and choose things, but I am not fun. And if I buy something fun and I bring it into my wardrobe, I will never wear it. I will mm -hmm. admire it. I will put it on. I will take it off. And finally, after a while of having these things in my closet, I realized that the reason I wasn't is because it wasn't reflecting who I am. And uh, sadly, fun is not one of those things. I'm not sweet either. <laughs> I like to be sweet. I'm not sweet. And things that are sweet, they just don't go on my body ever. Mm. 
How would you, how would you describe yourself? I'm curious now. Well, what I do with each of my clients is through a series of exercises and then meeting and, and exploring all this, we come up with four words or phrases that describe oh. who they are at a deep level. And so I also have my, I call them inner beauty words. My inner beauty words are exquisite. Anything I put on my body has to feel exquisite to me. Um, a little bit of edgy glamour. So there has to be a little bit of something in there that's maybe a little bold, a little different. Um, controlled fire. I'm a redhead and I'm also English. So while I have the fiery part of the red hair, I also have the control of being English. So controlled fire. For me, Controlled fire is always expressed through my hair, no matter what, even if what I'm wearing is not, although this top that I have on is kind of controlled fire just because of the color. Mm -hmm. And then my, my last one is kind determination. So that's where the strength and also a certain amount of softness, whereas I'm not sweet and I'm not gentle and I'm not those kinds of things. I am kind. And so there has to be something that makes me seem approachable and not, you know, too austere or standoffish mm -hmm. in that way. So I'm always playing with what I wear and what I choose. Exquisite is always where I start, always. Something has to feel totally elegant to me or, or I won't be happy wearing it. I love that. How do you get to the, is there a special process? I don't want you to reveal too much of what you do with your clients, but, um, or is there maybe a version of this that some of us could practice at home to kind of touch into like, what are these four inner qualities? And for instance, I, I find I have, a, I have quite a good sense of self and I'm quite grounded in who I am as a human. As that relates to fashion, I feel like I've got some sense of it, but I would love to, to have like, okay, these are four defining characteristics when I'm looking at clothes. Like what are some ways that um, people can get started? Well, there are a number of ways. I mean, I, I do do a whole series of things, but Sometimes I tell people, you know, go back and look at who you were as a child. Hmm. Were you, you know, always a happy child? Were you playful? Were you a little bit mischievous? What are some of those things? And then look inside and see, often those things are still there. We might have buried them a little, but they're often still there. So for instance, for you, Alice, what's, what's a word that you would use to describe yourself or that you would love to hear other people use to describe you that you would think, oh, that's totally right. Is there a oh. word that comes to mind for you? Um, I mean, I would love it if that word was joyful, but I don't know if that's 100% true. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it is. Like, I'm yeah. <laughs> a relatively joyful human, I think. Yeah. Well, that's a great one. So if joyful is one of your words, there are many different ways of expressing joyful. It can be in a color, in a very happy color. It can be in a, in a print. It can mm -hmm. be in how you accessorize something so that it has maybe a little bit of sparkle or something that makes people go, oh, how fun and pretty and just uh, makes you approachable in that way. Um, an accessory, it can be the way you combine things. Um, it, it, would, it would not be something that's really flat and, and a little bit heavy and serious. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I had one woman who once um, we were talking about whether or not to work together and I was explaining the whole inner beauty thing to her. And one of the things she said to me is, well, what if you don't have inner beauty? And it just, hmm. it broke my heart. And then I realized she just, she doesn't understand. So I said, well, what do you think inner beauty is? And she said, well, I'm not perky. I'm not cheerful. 
I'm not, you know, uh, sort of a, a, a go-getter, engaging, friendly, outgoing kind of person. And I said, maybe you're intense. Maybe you are quietly determined. Maybe you are passionate. I mean, there's different ways of expressing who you are and not all of them are, you know, vibrant. When joyful is one of your words, there has to be a certain amount of vibrancy that's, that's happening in what you're wearing because that has a joyful, happy spirit to it. So it's kind of playing with things. And sometimes, for instance, if someone says, well, I'm wise. How do you dress in a wise way? Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes Oops. it's more about what it's not than mm -hmm. what you are, what it is. So for instance, wise would not be anything silly. It mm. wouldn't be anything too, you know, kind of bold and out there and, or too, um, uh, you know, standoffish or, maybe even too unconventional unless it's in a very a little bit quieter way so sometimes it's what it's not rather mm. than what it is so there's different ways of of looking at it and it's also very personal so i've had some people look at a word and go well here's how i would express that perfect perfect mm -hmm. it's all about you so how do we make um a word um if, if it's a word that connects with you how do we then find the ways to express it that feels authentic to you I think that's a good a good point, and I was just thinking about this as well because you know buying clothes can become expensive. Do you ever recommend using? I know there's quite a few services now, like Stitch Fitch, Stitch Fix, and um, a few others. I know there's Rent the Runway. Um, yes, these things. How do you feel about those kind of organizations? Is that something you ever recommend for people to try? You know, I think people should explore lots of options. Hmm. What I have found with my clients is that sometimes they work for them and sometimes they don't. Um, when they have the tools that I work with my clients with, they are better able to assess what they are sent. It's a, it makes shopping easier in some ways if they're sending you things that really do work for you. I have one client who, as much as she told them, don't send me any black, they kept sending her black. And that just got frustrating. But if they pay attention to what you're saying, then it can be a new way of shopping for things that maybe you wouldn't find otherwise. But you still always have to have a way of assessing those things to see, mm -hmm. should they really stay in your closet or not? Um, and so, yeah, I think they can be valuable as long as you're not somebody who says, yes, this is good enough. Mm -hmm. I, in the chapter, one of the chapters in my book, I talk a lot about how women in particular have a tendency to settle for good enough, either because they don't like to shop or they don't know what to look for, or they're not finding what they want. They go, okay, well, that's just good enough. I'll get that and it'll be fine. And then you just end up with a whole wardrobe full of good enough. And something like those kinds of box prescript, uh, subscription um, programs can sometimes feed that tendency to settle for good enough and that's fine and okay. Don't ever, ever, there's no, none of us has to go naked. So don't <laughs> ever settle for good enough. Learn how to assess things so that you can invite in the things that really speak to you and make you happy to get dressed. I love this concept so much um, because I love clothes. I always have since I was a kid. And I think some of what you just spoke to really, you know, resonates with me. And I'm sure a lot of the women that are listening, particularly as we do get a bit older, I'm 43 
And, uh, you know, I like to think I know what I like to wear, but I find a lot of my clothes are very sort of functional because I'm hiking and I'm outside and I'm on the go a lot and I like comfortable shoes, but I'm like, where's the cute hiking stuff? I have this pair of <laughs> one pair of like pants and I, I like them. They fit well. They were expensive, but they're like khaki, which is my least favorite color in the world. I don't think it should exist. Um, I'm just off on a tangent here. I, I do have, it's <laughs> just leading into a question, but I think a lot of people relate to this of really wanting to have that sense of feeling, um, you know, I was just going to say joyful because that really is how I want to feel in my wardrobe or, or really to feel like ourselves and have our clothes just to be an extension of that and, and to get over that, oh, this is good enough. Because it's not a great way to go through life with anything really to feel like, oh, this is good enough. It's just kind of shoving ourselves down into these like okay boxes in our, in our one and only life here. So I'm curious too, what are like some of the, the resistance or the stories that you're, you will hear from people around, especially like as we are a little older, you know, and like, what do you, what kind of barriers to implementing some of these changes do you find come up frequently with your clients? Um, how much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe top five. There are like about a million stories that come up. Um, one of them is that it doesn't matter how I look that people should just, mm. you know, appreciate me for me. And you know what? In a perfect world, that's true. And usually what's true with that is that there's some underlying sense of discomfort or not feeling good about how they look. And so they feel like since they can't express themselves in a way that they want to or they don't know how to do that, then just, I'm just going to do whatever. And, you know, people will just have to take me as I am. I do believe that, that we should be taken for who we are or appreciated for who we are. And how we, how we dress is a way, is a form of self-expression. So I feel when that's missing, that it's, it's often a source of frustration or despair for, for women and they just don't know how to do about it, what to do mm -hmm. about it. Another one is that nothing looks good on me. And that happens, I find a lot with my clients who are, and often this is over 40, doesn't have to be, but you know, as we get a little older, maybe we've had children, so our bodies have shifted. Uh, we've gained weight, sometimes lost weight. Um, sometimes I've had many clients say to me, you know, I haven't gained an ounce, but my body has shifted and my clothes that I used to wear don't fit me right. Don't look good on me anymore. And when I go shopping, I, I can't seem to find anything that works for me. So their story is that nothing works for mm -hmm. them. And that's never true. Never. I've never, I've been doing this for a long time. I've never had a client not be able to find clothes that work for her. But we tell ourselves these stories to make ourselves feel better, to placate ourselves a little bit. But the underlying issue, you know, I, I read a lot of self-help, like I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to you do too. And, and Louise Hay is always one of my favorites. And one of the things that she has always said is how you start you, your day is how you live your day. Hmm. And so when we start off our day, settling for good enough or feeling like nothing looks good on us, then that's, that kind of filters into the rest of our day. So, um, I, I mean, I could go on and on. I have a long list here of things, but there are a lot of stories that we tell ourselves just to, 
because we don't know how to navigate the world of fashion. Another one, for instance, is I should know how to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And since I don't, there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with my body. That's a biggie. Women always think there's, I have a weird body. I hear that from women all the time. Nobody has a weird body. It's just that the fashion industry insists on making clothes for tall, thin, straight bodies. And you know, almost none of my clients are tall, thin. I'm not tall, thin, straight body. We all have curves and things that are going on and trying to fit into those clothes that they're making for somebody who's 5'10 when we're 5'3 or we have, you know, we're 5'8, but we have curves. It doesn't work and it becomes frustrating. So we make up these stories to make ourselves feel better. What do you think are, um, are some of the mindset, mindset shifts that need to go along with that to start moving into maybe an acceptance or a curiosity to begin thinking, okay, maybe I can try this a little bit and it doesn't have to be, you know, to, how, do, how, do, how are people letting go of some of these beliefs or for, for advice for anyone who's listening as well? If some of what Ginger just said is, is resonating, I know some of it was definitely true for me of, you know, on that, that laundry list of, I think a lot of those things we can all relate to. What are some ways that you've helped clients to actually move through them, through, through some mm -hmm. of those stories and make that shift to, okay, I can do this and I can find clothes that I feel good in. It's an internal and an external thing that has to happen together. And one of them is, is knowing, and this was definitely true for me back years ago is learning the, the strategy, the tools mm. for being able to assess something so that you, you know whether it works for you or it doesn't. And you don't feel then like you're having to settle for things. So when you have those tools so that you know like, yes, this particular neckline suits my body shape, or you know, this top has to be this long, or I'm going to look unbalanced. You know, those, or this color makes me sparkle. That color makes me look like I'm on death's door. You know, those kinds of things are really important. But also, the thing that happens sometimes is when we get frustrated with how we look, we get stuck in a rut and we continue to buy the same things because they're safe, they're familiar, they're somewhat easy because they're safe and they're familiar. And we don't branch out because then we're worried that we're going to look silly or inappropriate or uh, like we're trying too hard, you know, those kinds of things. So I encourage women to branch out, try new things, but you have to have the tools to be able to assess something because trying something new with no frame of reference as to whether or not it will work will just cause you to, to chalk up one more thing to that didn't work for me either. When really all it needed was, you know, you, know, you need a different style of pant to go with that mm. top and then it'll be great. Or the sleeves are, are sticking out too much. Let's have them tailored or whatever it might be. So the inner and the outer always go hand in hand in creating a wardrobe. I really like that approach too, where it's not just about the external and just about the clothes, but it really becomes this expression and extension of oneself as we get dressed. And then it becomes so fun. I mean, I think we all hopefully have experienced that at least once or twice in our lives of putting on that favorite thing where we just feel good and we know we look good. And it's like we walk around 
you know, kind of in a different state, really feeling, at least I've had this experience. So I'm speaking as it's global, but I've, I think people have this and you've got that one article of clothing that, you know, always really makes you feel good. So to imagine a wardrobe of, of the, those articles of clothing, that sounds, sounds life-changing really. It is. And, you know, going back and looking at that outfit and saying, what was it about that kind of dissecting it? What was it about that? Was it the color? Was it the fit? Was it the feel of the fabric? Or hopefully mm. it's all of those things because sometimes people get very stuck on comfort. Oh, it's comfortable. Okay, I'm done. No, you're not done. Let's keep <laughs> going. Comfort's good, important, but let's keep going. So it's, it's a matter of looking at all of those things together to you know, create a wardrobe. And you're right, when you feel really good, when you're getting dressed, it changes everything. And then you're more inclined only to buy things that make you feel good. Most women have t plenty of clothes in their wardrobe they never wear mm -hmm. because they don't, they bought them hoping they would solve a particular issue. And when they didn't, they just sort of sit there or they like it, but they can't seem to make an outfit out of it. So I recommend they go back to the pieces that they loved, even if it was something that you wore a decade ago, it doesn't matter. Go back and look at why did I love that? Because it can give you important information going forward and choosing your new things to bring into your closet. That's a great idea. And that's a really nice, simple thing that anyone could do, you know, right away is to look at something you really love and feel good in. And would you, I know you mentioned like the, maybe the color and the way that the material, the material feels and the cut, um, are there anything, any other things you would put on that checklist? The three things I always start with my clients with are color. Know the colors that look good on you. Because when you have colors that really make you sparkle, first of all, you're going to feel great every time you get dressed. Make shopping a whole lot easier because you can skip entire racks in the stores or online. And um, you can mix and match way easier when the colors all seem to work together. Um, the other thing is fit. Fit is really important, and I know that women sometimes get mad at me for this, but you have to have a tailor. You mm. have to have a tailor because otherwise, I have one woman, we were shopping one time, and we found this cardigan. It was terrific. The color was great. The fit of it was great. It was a, you know, the color went with a lot of things, so it was very versatile. She liked the feel of the fabric, and, but it was about two inches too long. And she said, oh, wouldn't I be better off just looking for something that's the right length? And I said, how much do you like to shop? And hmm. she said, oh, no, you know me. I don't like to shop. And I said, that's what you'll end up doing. We've got 90% of it right here. Take this to your tailor, have it taken up two inches. Boom, you're done. You don't have mm -hmm. to think about it again. So, you know, those little things can make a big difference because we have to remember that the designers each designer works with a different fit model. There's no standardization in women's clothing sizes. So they work with a different fit model. And if that fit model doesn't have exactly your body, it's not necessarily going to fit you perfectly off the rack. So, you know, even I'm five feet six. I'm a pretty good height. Um, I'm re relatively slim. I still take a lot of my clothes, probably at least 50% of my clothes, go to the tailor for some tweaking. Hmm. Because I don't want it. I found something I loved. I love the color. I love the, the fit with a little tweaking. I love it express my inner beauty words. It fit my lifestyle. And why do I want to continue looking when I could have it just taken in a little or the sleeves taken up or whatever needs to happen. So 
I know I went on a little bit about that, but a tailor is your best friend. A good tailor is your best friend. I like that. I was just thinking of a tailor I have up the street here and I'm like, is he good? I'm not sure. I, I, I think so for the jobs I've taken there, but how would you recommend determining if a tailor is good? Would you go off a recommendation? Yes, always, always, always off a recommendation. Yes, yes. Because otherwise I had one client who at one point I said to her, how many more items of clothing are you going to let that tailor ruin? Yeah. Because he would make things too short or take it in a little bit too much. And then you're doomed. I mean, then you spent all this money and the cost of the tailoring and you're not going to wear it. So you have to find a great tailor. Yes. Ask around. People have tailors. Ask around. Or, and you can also check on places like Yelp. They get reviews. Mm -hmm. you know, find a good one and try them out. One, send, the first time you go to a tailor, give them one thing. Don't give mm -hmm. them five because if they turn out not to do it right, you don't want to ruin five things. So yes. That's good advice. And I think that's a huge mindset shift in itself is this whole concept of have a good tailor because it's yeah. not something a lot of us think about or even that idea that the clothes aren't designed to, to, sh to fit my body, you know? Yes. Um, so I think that's a really good point. And the other thing that happens is people will say to me, but I only spent $19.99 on that top. I'm not going to have a tailored. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're going to get even madder at me now because I'm going to say yes. If you Don't buy it otherwise. Because if you take a $19.99 top and you spend $10, hey, if you even spend $19.99 having it tailored, you then have a $40 top that's amazing instead of a $19.99 that you'll wear a ton instead of a 1999 one that's always bugging you a little or doesn't look quite right, it's all about, not all, but a lot of it is about price per wear. When you feel really great in something and it looks amazing on you, you're going to wear it until it's dead. Mm -hmm. And then whether you spent 1999 or you spent $400 on it, it doesn't matter. If you're getting your wear, you're, you've worn it enough to get good use out of it, you're going to feel like you made a good investment. Yeah, I agree. I, that's one of the questions I do ask myself when I shop these days is, you know, how often will I wear this? And if the answer is I will wear this all the time, I tend to just buy it, you know, assuming that I'm in a good financial situation, which if yes. I'm shopping, I typically am prepared to buy things. Um, but I love that. And then the clothes that I have where I've done that, they are things that just I wear all the time and love every time I have on. And it's, again, it's just a really nice way to, to go through life with that external representation. Yes. Um, and then speaking of like the tailoring and shopping on a budget for women who may want to start trying to implement style, um, but are being financially conscious, especially right now we've been in this quarantine. I, I think finances are, are up for a lot of people, but what are some ways that we could get started that maybe aren't, you know, like going to a, a huge department store or an expensive boutique? Like, do you recommend consignment shops at all, or do you have avenues or areas that you you know, recommend for your customers on a, on a budget or just for people in a general who are being a little bit more careful with what they're spending? You know, I think we should all be careful with how we're spending no matter what's going on. And we should be cognizant of our budget. Um, so, you know, I have some clients who dropping $600 on, you know, a nice pair of pants is great. I don't have a lot of those. And I have some people for whom, you know, a $70 pair or a $50 pair of pants is a lot. So we have to be aware of what our budget is. But what's important is that, first of all, anybody can look good on any 
budget, any budget. People use that as another one of those stories people tell themselves. Mm -hmm. They use budget as a reason why they don't have a wardrobe they love. And you can shop exclusively at thrift stores. And if you know what colors look great on you, what fit is good, how to reflect your inner beauty and who you are, you will make great choices. I once had a woman who came to me, I was so impressed. She's a very young woman, 21 years old, which that's not my typical client. And she was adamant, I really wanna learn how to do this. And I thought, good for you. When mm -hmm. you're 21, this will serve you forever. So she was a part-time student, so she didn't have a ton of money. She went into one of my private programs. And when it came time for us to shop together, I said, well, what's your budget? And she said, $300. And I said, how much do you want to get? How many pieces do you want to get for the $300? And she said, 10. So I said, okay, this was a few years ago. I said, we're going to H&M. And she said, okay, great. We went to H&M, we applied color, fit, inner beauty. And we came away with, actually, I think it was more like 11 or 12 pieces for within her, including shoes, mm -hmm. which we got somewhere else, but including <clears throat> shoes for her $300 budget. But she loved all of it. It all looked amazing on her. A couple things had to go to the tailor, but it really, you can do it anywhere. You can go to Kohl's. You can, I, there's, I posted something on my Facebook page a, a little while ago um, of an outfit of mine. Cause I, you know, sometimes people think with image consultants that we all go and we're spending thousands of dollars on every outfit and I'm not. What I showed in there was that I had a jacket on that I had gotten that thread up, a, mm -hmm. an online consignment store. It was a $350 jacket. I got it for $25. That's great. I had on a pair of um, pants that were um, a, a pair of jeans that those cost, you know, four times as much. They were $100, but I've already worn them like probably 100 times. And my boots came from Kohl's. So, you know, I have, I shop anywhere anywhere but i always know to apply the tools to be able to find the things that you love and then you'll you'll wear them and um it doesn't matter where you got them it's a matter of knowing what looks good on you and knowing what your budget is and and being true to both of those things that's wonderful i think that's good news for a lot of people too that it doesn't have to be i think we hear the words fashion and style and it can be quite overwhelming as we talked about with some of those stories especially as we start to get older it's easy to to think like oh if i if i haven't you know developed that at this age i never will or that's for younger people um and i was curious what you thought about this concept of age appropriate dressing <laughs> too because I, I and i a friend of mine told me that her husband had said something to her. This was like quite a while ago. And he said her, her shorts weren't age appropriate. And, you know, she's this beautiful, thin, lean lady. We live in a beach town and she was like, age appropriate. And I was like, what does that even mean really? Um, and of course I, you know, get the idea of what it means, but I was wondering if you could speak to that as we are, as our, as our sort of sense of style changes as we get older, um, but we don't change, you know, really, of course we all grow and change, but who we are, I don't think really changes. Um, what do you think about that, the age-appropriate thing and, and selecting pieces as we get a bit older in our lives? Oh, my goodness. It's, in, in some ways, it's a little bit of a polarizing topic or controversial topic because you'll have people on both sides who have definite opinions on this. And if you Google, you know, age-appropriate clothes for 
a woman over 40 or 50 or 60 or 30 even, you will find all kinds of lists and people are adamant that that's what you need to do. I'm a little more loose with it. I really feel like it's a personal thing to a certain extent. You know, there's certain things like, I don't know, that pigtails are necessarily, you know, a, a look that somebody who's 60 wants to wear or maybe not even a tube top. Usually that's more because people aren't that comfortable, but, or you don't want to wear the bra you'd have to wear with it or those kinds of things. Um, micro minis, maybe not so much, but you know, I have clients in their 60s who are wearing, you know, shorts that are mid-thigh. They look amazing, hmm. totally amazing. They feel comfortable and you know, it all, nothing inappropriate is showing and they're not wearing, I have one woman, she came to me once, it was really funny. She was in her forties and she says to me, okay, here's where I need help. I have a tendency to want, and these were her words, tendency to look a little hoochie mama. <laughs> it was okay when I was in my twenties and my thirties, but as I'm getting a little older, older I'm realizing yeah, maybe it's not so good, particularly since she now had this pretty, you know, important career that, you know, she didn't want this affecting that at all, but she really wanted to look at age appropriate from what she determined it should be. So she said, I have a tendency to wear things that are low cut, tight and short. And so I said, okay, how about if we just do one of those things in whatever outfit it is that you have? So it's not like you have to be, you know, up to your neck and down to your toes, but you know, maybe just one of those things at a time. And now well, she's like, that's perfect. That's exactly what I'm going to do. And so we put together some outfits that still felt sexy to her without feeling the hoochie mama thing. Hmm. And um, so everybody has a different idea of what works for them. And some people need a little guidance on, okay, am I over the top? Or, or another thing that's a little bit tricky, it's not as popular a style right now as it was a few years ago, but the whole baby doll kind of look. Mm. It's, it's not one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I, ha I really believe it kind of infantilizes women. And so I am not a huge proponent of it. And it, so for me, that's something that's like, eh, tread lightly there mm -hmm. if you're going to wear it so that you don't look like you're trying to be 12 years old, which is those are the people who look really cute, or maybe an adorable little 19 year old in a baby doll top. But those get a little bit tricky sometimes. So I think we should explore um, for ourselves. And, um, and you can read those lists, but take them with a grain of salt. Because they're, I don't know who these people are who are writing these things, but <laughs> I, I can't even, I don't I'm even sure I can come up with 10 things that I'd say nobody over the age of 40 should wear. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't believe there's a truth in that. Yeah, that seems really hard to do. Um, and so since we are all so much more on Zoom right now, and that's our method of communication, I know this is one of the questions I had presented to you is what are some, and I think you have something about this on your Facebook as well, or what are some of the ways that we can ensure we look wonderful on Zoom? <laughs> well, when the whole sheltering in place thing started a couple of months ago, I realized that as people were working from home, meeting with friends and family, having to lead presentations on Zoom, which they never used to have to do, I quickly jumped on and did an hour-long seminar on how do you look great on Zoom. And you can still, people can see it on my YouTube channel. It's there for free to go and okay. watch. 
Great. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll give you a few tips here, but they can go and watch the whole thing there. And I had one of my clients who she said to me, you know, one of the worst parts about Zoom was that I could see myself. <laughs> and she said, I was so distracted by what's going on with my hair. And oh my God, I look a hundred years old. And you know, the lighting is terrible. And um, that she said I could barely focus on what was happening. So, you know, she watched the seminar and then, you know, was able to fix a few things and felt so much better. She didn't really even have to do that much to herself. It was more about have a good, have good lighting, have great mm -hmm. lighting. If you don't have one, go and get yourself a ring light. They're everywhere now, although the one I had been recommending sold out. So I don't know if they have it back in stock or not, but obviously a lot of people who are doing these Zoom calls have gone to get one or use a natural light. Face the natural light. Don't have it behind you because no mm -hmm. one will see your features at all. You will just be a silhouette. Um, wear a great color. You know, I know often we're only seen from, you know, the chest up, but wear a beautiful color. And it's really funny because in the seminar, one of the things I talk about is unless you know you look really amazing in black, you know, don't choose black. Um, and because black is a little bit of a dampening color. Mm -hmm. And um, oh my goodness, people went crazy. Like, what do you mean we can't wear black? And, <laughs> and why? And so I um, later on, and they can see this in the uh, in my YouTube station there, I, I put a whole thing about, okay, here's what I meant about why you might not want to choose black. And it doesn't mean you can't, but think about other colors as well. Colors like, um, for the most part, blue, a, a medium to a little bit brighter blue. When in doubt, wear blue. It looks mm -hmm. great on almost everybody, or at least it looks really good. Um, and the other thing is, and this has less to do with, with what you're, nothing to do with what you're wearing. And that is when you're on Zoom, and someone's presenting, assuming you're not the one presenting, because then you would be paying attention. Pay attention. You know, give the person your undivided attention. Don't be multitasking. Don't be on the, looking at your phone or on the phone. You wouldn't do that in a presentation that you went to live, particularly if you were sitting in the front. And basically, when you're on Zoom, you're sitting in the front. Mm -hmm. um, be courteous and pay attention. Otherwise, turn off your, your video because it's very demoralizing and distracting and um, just hard for people who are presenting to feel like they're really connecting if you're not even paying any attention. So, and don't, and make sure you're, put your microphone on uh, mute, which I'm sure at this point everybody knows mm -hmm. because even if you're taking notes diligently, you can hear the clicking. So those are a few quick tips, but if you go to my YouTube channel, you can um, see the whole thing there. Definitely. We'll get that link up in the show notes as well. Yes. And then Ginger, are there, thank you so much for coming on today. And I love this topic with you. And it sounds like there are a number of ways that people can find you or work with you. And I like to just give everyone a chance to um, kind of promote themselves or, you know, here's a soapbox please enlighten us. Um, anything else that you'd like to share on this topic or ways people can find you or any ongoing courses or programs that you have and, and ways that we could learn a little bit more about this idea of knowing our, our, ourselves in this sense so that we can express it through fashion and, and through style. 
Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. It's been a blast. I love, as you can imagine, I'm passionate about this topic, so we could talk for hours and I would still have lots more to chat with you about. Um, I want, The other thing that I created when all of this happened was an online class, a six-week online class called Create Your Personal Style in Six Weeks. And people can find that if they're interested, I have a new one, we're just about to end the first one, a new one coming up in June. Um, and it's, if they go to createyourpersonalstyle.com, they can get on the wait list to be the first to hear about it. Um, in general, they can find me at totalimageconsultants.com. That's where everything is there. I have lots of articles in my blog post, so you can go and read all the previous articles there. In fact, the Zoom, um, seminar is listed in my blog as well. So there, and on anything, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, if you just look up Ginger Burr, B-U-R-R, you can find me in any of those. You can follow me there if you want to, but um, any of those things will get in touch. If anybody has any questions, they can always email me. I'm, I'm very good about getting back to people or private message me on Facebook or whatever. And you know, the most important thing with your style is, first of all, the only way that you will fail at creating a personal style you love is to give up. Don't mm. give up. And then it should become fun as you learn the tools that you need. And I mean, you referred to this earlier, getting dressed in the morning, putting yourself together. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be fussy. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable, but it should be a joyful experience to get dressed. And so you walk out the door when we can walk out the door. <laughs> you walk out the door or even just being at home or being on Zoom and you feel empowered. You feel just great when you look in the mirror and you don't feel like, oh God, I hope nobody's looking at me. So have it be fun. Learn what you need to learn to make the difference. And, um, and these kinds of tools will serve you for the rest of your life. You're absolutely right. Who we are on the inside doesn't change. When you really hit those inner beauty words, and I have done that for thousands, well, maybe not thousands, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women. And no two women have ever had exactly the same inner beauty words, ever. Wow. And I have them all. I have all the inner beauty words I've ever done with anybody. I keep track of them. Mm -hmm. So we are all that unique and that special. And I believe that our wardrobe should reflect that. It's a form of self-expression. It's a form of, of just giving people cues and clues as to who we are. So why not use it to our advantage? So thank you for having me on. It's been a blast talking with you. And your hair is joyful. It's just in the way it shines, <laughs> sparkles, and waves. I've been looking at it. It's so beautiful and you can just oh, feel your smile. Just naturally you have this joyful quality and then just bringing it out and the rest of your clothes will be fun. I hope so. I know when you were talking about clothes, I'm like, my favorite thing that I own right now is this rainbow sweater and it's cashmere. So it's kind of luxurious and it's so bright and I bought it last winter. So I was thinking about that when we were talking, I'm like, all right, I want to go find and pull out all the pieces of things I really love. So I really appreciate you coming on. It's definitely given me personally um, some things to think about. And I know for my audience as well. So um, thank you for your time. And I'll make sure we put all of your, your links in the show notes so people can find you. Thank you, Alice. You're welcome.